All right, it's Mother's Day. Hey, guys, we love you too, but we're not talking to you today. We're talking about the women, how great they are, how awesome. Man, do you believe these ladies are great? Come on, give them a big hand. Absolutely. They put up with so much and do so much. Hey, my kids all come here. I figure I told my husband not too long ago, so you keep messing with me. I'm going to Rise Church. Yeah, my kids love it here. It's a great church, and we're glad for the opportunities that they have that your pastors pour into their life. They're so funny because uh, Erica came home and she said, you know, um, Mom, Pastor Brent, he is you on steroids. I said, well, then you should get along really good with him then. And, and Pastor Kieran said, yeah, he's just real direct. It's so funny. When Pastor Kieran first started working, he had just come out of high school. He started job shadowing, working with me. And then when he felt God called him into ministry, I was the youth pastor at our church. And we ran about 210 youth. And I loved it. I was so excited. And Pastor Kieran felt God called him. And it was so unique how God spoke to me and said, your time is done. Your Moses march up the hill and you're moving out and I'm bringing in someone else and it was Kieran. And I can remember he was so tender. I would, I would have a meeting with him and I'd say, why'd you do that? He'd go, cause that's the way you're supposed to. I said, don't ever do that again. And I can remember he was so tender, but after being here for a couple of years with Pastor Brent, you can tell him anything. He's just like, he's got it. He's going for it. So I'm so excited to be here. And if you're a mother, would you just wave at me this morning? Let me see. Oh, wow. That's a lot of great moms. Well, you and I, you know, as parents, we always say, especially moms, we have these cliches that we say to our kids, right? And we think they're so wonderful, like my mother used to think. So this morning, I'm going to need you to help me a little bit. I like it when you talk back, but not in a smart aleck way. I like it when you talk back and you join in the service. And I want to talk about three things. We know moms say a lot of things, but three things that we tend to say. And I need you to say it with passion and conviction and a little bit of, you know, sway when you say it or that finger, because I know how you mamas do it. Come on. Hey, am I right? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to repeat after me. These are actually the topics that we're going to talk about the subjects that we're going to talk about this morning, our bullets that we're going to talk about. So I need you to help me out. The first one is because I said so. Oh no, that was not good. You have to say it after me. I'm going to say it and then you're going to say it because I said so. Because it's good for you. Because I love you. It was so funny. One time I remember my mom said to me, I love you so much. I love you too much to let you out like that. So this is just the words they used to use. She said, I'm going to tear your rear end up. Now, have you ever tried to picture what that would look like? And so my mother said, I want you to get the full benefit of the love that I have for you. She, this is the truth. She used to make us go out to this big, I know some of this generation doesn't know about it. We sit our kids down. It's so funny. I watch Kieran and Erica. They sit their kids down and they talk to them about stuff. My mother wouldn't talk. She would just tear your rear end. And she would say, hey, go pick a switch. This is what she'd say. Anybody pick a switch? Let me see you. Oh, mama, right there. Pick a switch. Yeah. And but my, here's what my mother would say. If you come back with a little switch, I'll pick the switch. So I used to stand out there by the tree and pray over the switch. <laughs> Which one I was going to pick. And I can remember this, the honest to God's truth. I'd bring it back to my mom and she'd say, it's not good enough. Pick another one. And so I would go get another one and she wanted a long one. You know why she wanted a long one? So she'd grab you by the hand and when you went around in a circle, she had this kind of, you know, this cool movement and she could just whip you from 10 feet away. And we, now today mother would, mom, mom would be in trouble. I mean, I wish I would have known about DCF because I'm going to tell you what, I'd have made a few calls. 
I mean, we would have stripes like the American flag all up and down our legs, and she'd say, and that's going to be worse next time. You don't talk back. We learn how to respect our mom because she said so. And I'm sure that many of us have said those things, those same statements. Uh, moms can, can get a little crazy, and they say weird stuff. Like, I remember my mother, what she would say did not match with what we were doing. I can remember being in trouble, doing something that I knew that she wouldn't like, and she'd come in, and she'd go, land sakes alive. Now, can anybody in this room tell me what that means? Land's sakes. How about dad gum it? How about dad burn it? Dad nab it. Oh, this gentleman's over here. Dad nab it. Dad gum it. Anybody know? Yeah, a couple of you know. None of us know what that means. It's just stupid stuff our parents use. How about this one? Good grief. I remember being at a funeral. I was crying. I said to my sister, is your grief good yet? No, it was terrible. Parents say crazy things. My mom did not realize that sometimes, as we do today, that words in your generation mean something, but in the next generation doesn't mean that at all. You can say it back then, but you can't say it now. My mom had allowed, she was such a hostess, she was so good. She always brought the kids into our home because she wanted us to be in a good environment. So she'd say, if you're going to have friends, bring them over here so I can watch what you all are doing. And I can remember we invited several friends over. My mother was so sweet. She would host us with homemade pizza, if you can believe that. Homemade pizza and homemade donuts. Can you even imagine that? Yeah, we used to take a Coke bottle and a biscuit and just cut out the hole and drop it in some grease and fry that right up and put some. Anybody ever do that in the room? Yeah, that's before we had Krispy Kreme, right? So my mom made them, and I can remember she's in there cooking for everybody, loving everybody, and she's wore out. She has to go to work the next morning. She said, okay, now you can't stay much longer. I just want to say, guys, I'm so glad you, you came, but I'm going to bed because I am fagged out. And I ran over there, and I was like, Mother, don't say that. And I whispered in her ear, I said, you can't say fagged out. And she said, why not? And I said, because it's offensive to people. She goes, well, that's stupid. It only just means I'm burned out and I'm tired. I was hoping she would go to bed. All the friends were laughing and making fun. Finally, she heads up the stairs, and I'm thinking it's going to be better. She's going away. Come on, some of us want our parents to go away occasionally, right? <laughs> Mom, sometimes they want to get rid of us. And so she was headed up the stairs, and I was thinking it was going to be better. She said, goodbye, I'll see all of you at the church gala next week. And oh, we were so humiliated. <laughs> now, my kids make fun of me. Pastor Kieran says, you can't, you can't say that, Mom. You can't say that because things have changed. But I want to tell you what has not changed. The Word of God has not changed. It's the same yesterday, today somebody, and forever, and it works forever. So we're going to talk about our very first point. It, it is because I said so. Say that with me. Because I said so. How many times have we said those words and, and we tell our children to do a certain thing and then they, they question the why or the what or how come or dad said I could. Don't you love that one? Dad said I could and he looks like the hero, but mom said no. Even Pastor Dan does that today. My husband's the lead pastor of our church. And it's so funny, Kieran, or not Kieran, Kieran would never do it, but Erica would call and she would say, hey, um, the kids are really missing you, Mom, like really missing you and Dad. Like, like really, uh, Callie's crying for you and Myla's broken because she wants to see her popping. And she does all that, and he'll be looking at me, hold on, and he goes, we need to go get the kids. I go, baby, we work full time. How, what are we going to do? He says, we'll figure it out. And so he always says to Erica, yes, we will take them no matter what because she knows how to work him. Can I tell you something? You can learn to work God. 
You know what you have to do? You just have to know how to know the word. And when you know the word, you can pray the word. And I'll tell you something, it'll work God every single time because he said so. But we question, our children question our motives, our plans, our reasons. And we do the same thing to God. God tells us to do a certain thing. And what do we do? We question it, don't we? God tells us we should forgive someone. Well, that just seems like an impossibility. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what happened at that church to me? Come on, we get spiritual when we talk about those kinds of things because it hurt me. But I want you to know that God is for you. There might be someone here that is not for you, but God is always for you. And because he's for you, this is the best place you could ever, ever be. Amen. We don't have to question everything. I'm sure that God, when we challenge him with, did you really mean that? Are you really asking that? Some of us even question who we are. God, I'm not good enough. I I couldn't do it. You know, we always talk about people being prideful. And we we point that out right away in the church. That person's arrogant or prideful or too confident. But what about those who just believe they can't do anything? And they're not worth anything. And they have no value. Did you know that's just as bad as being arrogant? Because either one keeps God from using you. You and I have to understand we don't need to question God about who we are or our value. Your pastors stand on this platform and every week they tell you how valuable you are and how wonderful you are. And and listen, moms, if nobody's told you today, I'm telling you you're valuable. I'm telling you you're awesome. I'm telling you you're wonderful. Even when you're failing, you're the best mom they could ever have. Somebody say amen. I want you to know that because God has said some things, you can trust them. And I love the scriptures that he has given us. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know that you could quote it. And sometimes because we can quote it, we just kind of fly out. And listen, my husband can quote almost half the Bible, and I'm not kidding. I hate to have a conversation with him because I'll be saying something about what the Lord says. And he says, that's not exactly right. Actually, down in the fourth verse of the 13th chapter, the Hebrew says. I go, I don't care. I'm doing the Nancy Turpin version. That means I don't really know exactly what it said. So I'll just kind of, you know, but here's the, here's a scripture. Let's just don't just kind of like. Just glance at it, move on. The scripture says this. I love it. For I know the thoughts. I mean, God is thinking about you, moms. You're on his mind. That should be a song. I mean, you're on his mind. He loves you. Listen to what he says. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Personal. He made that personal. He's thinking about you. Listen to what he says. These are thoughts of peace and not of evil. If evil is going on in your life, bad things are going on in your life, I can assure you none of it is God because God loves you and he's a loving father. And if bad things are happening, they're not from God because every good and perfect gift comes down from the father above. Evil is from the devil. He'd never make you sick to teach you a lesson. He would never punish you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ took your punishment that day on the cross so that you and I could be free and valued. Amen. He said, listen, I love this last part of the verses you're looking at. He said, these are thoughts that I think about you to give you a future. Now for me, that was huge because sometimes it would be such bad things going on in my marriage. You say, oh, you were pastors. We were, we are. And our marriage was like, yo, wait a minute, hold up. 
We loved the Lord, but we didn't know how to love each other. Come on, am I the only person in the room like that? Oh, you're so fake. Come on, I know. I could let the husband stand up and tell a few things. You know what? We all got struggles, and that's what makes it so good when we walk with God. Because God sees our weakness and he knew that we in our humanity were, break, were bankrupt. We don't have what it takes. But in the old covenant, it was about what you could do to make it right. But in the new covenant, it's about what he did to make you right. And because he died, I'm right in his sight. Amen? I had to learn that. I had to learn that God was for my marriage and anything evil was not because of God. And I love this last part. He said, the thought is to give you a future. You know what that told me? Today might be bad, but there's always a tomorrow. And when I get tomorrow, if it's bad, there's always the next day because God wants to give you a future. And look what else he says. And I want to give you hope. Today, I want to encourage you. Today, right where you said, if, if you're struggling with something, if you're, you're overcome with something, today God extends to you. If you're watching online, God extends to you. Listen, what it gives you hope and a future. It's not over until you've taken your last breath. There's still something that you can have. And I love what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. That's easy to say, isn't it? Trust in the Lord. And I love this. He, he, he gives this, this next word to, to clarify this scripture. He says, trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. all. Say it again, all. all. See, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart. Or what feels right to you. But you trust that because he said it, it is true. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on to what you know. That'll get you in trouble every single time. Because your head will say to you, this isn't going to work. Your head will say to you, there is no hope. Your head will say to you, this could never be fixed. This child could never change. My marriage will never turn around. I have news for you. God said good things and because he said it, you can trust him. But you and I must learn to acknowledge him. You know what? When you acknowledge someone, it's, it's so important. You call them out and you make them feel important, right? God is not common. You listening to me? The things of God are not common. We're common. But what he said is not common. I want you to get this in your head this morning. What he has said is holy. And I'll tell you something. When that begins, that holiness begins to work in your life. And I'm not talking about you being perfect. I'm talking about who he is. The perfect one working in your life. Something begins to happen and you begin to change. You begin to think different because you've got the holiness of God down on the inside of you by putting the word of God in your life. So this morning, if your marriage is struggling, there's hope. If you have that son or daughter that's just kind of gone off the rails and you don't know what you're going to do with your kids, they don't listen to anything you say and they're in rebellion and you're just an offense to them, I want you to know that if you trust God's word because he says so, something good will happen in those circumstances. This morning you can experience it. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Right now in this service. Number two, because it's good for you. When we were pastoring in Mulberry, does anybody know where Mulberry is? Anybody here know? Oh, this is better than first service. Okay. 
Well, we pastored in Mulberry, Florida for about 14 and a half years. And one of our young mothers, she owns a, a shop. I asked her if I could share the story because it's so powerful. Listen, these testimonies that pastor shares, they should be encouragement to you. They are not fake. They are not made up. You say, how do you know? I can tell you, I can tell you that about last year this time, I could not lift this leg. I couldn't jump around. I couldn't wear six inch heels. I couldn't bend over and pull my own pants up. Excuse me for saying so. I couldn't get in the tub, but I'm telling y'all what you know how bad it was. I couldn't get in and out of a car without crunching and turning around and my husband having to pull me out it was bad I had two herniated discs and one ruptured disc and I'd been to the doctor and it was so bad I'd collapse in a parking lot at Publix and I want you to know that the word of God works Jesus Christ raised me up I'm 66 years old Woo! and I'm full of the power of God because he said so because it's good for you and this little Christy in our church, she's just a sweet mother. She owned a shop. She loved the Lord, came to church, had two little kids in our service. Her husband was there. They loved the Lord. Matter of fact, her parents were there and on our board and served in the church. And Christy started to break out with these huge bruises all over her body. And her sister said, look, you need to go get that checked out. There's something not right with you. You're too young for this. And she went to the doctor and he didn't like like what he saw and make a long story short he ran these tests and sure enough they came back she had leukemia that day her world fell apart what would she do what would happen to her business who would take over if something happened to her long term who would raise her children when she lost her hair would her husband love her would he just quit and walk away god where are you in all of this why in the world would this happen to me she was so broken they sent her immediately to Moffitt Cancer Center and they began these radical treatments with chemo and they put the, anybody familiar with the, the pick that they put in? I see some of you nodding, it's a bad experience. I can remember being at the hospital just sitting in the lobby because they, we couldn't go in the room and expose her to any kind of sicknesses or germs that we had and, and her dad would come out and say, she's welling because the, the pick had gotten infected after almost three weeks got infected and they had to take it out and it was such a big deal to put it in. And she said, I can't do it. I can't take any more pain. You ever been there? Come on, you ever been there? Let me hear you. Yeah, yeah we've been there before. I can't take any more. I don't know what to do. Just let me go. It's so bad. The doctor came in the room and he was very firm. And he looked at Christy and he said, Christy, you have to let us remove that pick and put a new one in because it will be good for you. And we can continue the treatments that you so desperately need so that we can hope to save your life. She finally agreed to it. And I can tell you, the church fasted, the church prayed. Why would we do that, Pastor? Because we believed that God had said something important. We believed that God tells us things because they're good for us. No matter what we're going through, we believed God's word and God's people getting together, praying on earth, move heaven, and then something happens on earth. And if you and I do that, I promise you, there will always be a result that will come out good. You can never lose when you have faith in what God has said. Somebody say amen. Come on, clap your hands. I'm trying to encourage you. This morning, God is real. Amen. Christy, let them put the pick in and I can tell you, 
God raised her up off that bed. Her children are grown. She has grandchildren. And listen to this, Pastor. She's never had cancer again because when the devil kicked it out, when the devil was kicked out, the Lord came in and he rose her up from a deathbed. God likes to take dead things and make them alive for you and I. God is so powerful. Romans, listen what Romans says, 828. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work for the good. And I want to say God doesn't cause all things. That was a teaching, a crazy teaching in the church. God would never make you sick. God would never punish you with, your, with the, the problems that you have because Jesus already took your punishment and he already took my punishment. And Jesus Christ died and with his stripes he said, I want you to be healed. And I love it because the more I study healing, I can see how much God wants us well. Listen to this. Your body does natural healing, am I right? You cut yourself, what does it do? It begins to heal. And God knew that some of us struggled in our faith. So he raised up medical doctors that could come up with remedies. And I want you to know before there was vaccinations, even Christians were dying because many of them didn't know how to practice their faith. So God gave us natural healing. Number two, he gave us uh, scientific healing. And number three, he gave us the best one. And does anybody know what it is? It's divine healing. I'm telling you, God loves you so much. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get you what you need. And this is what he says, all things, all things. All things, all things work together for the good of them. Those who love God, and that is key. Those that are called according to his plan and his purposes. Are you called to his plans and purposes? Then you can expect something good because God is for you. Joseph even said it. He said, hey, to his brothers, you remember the story, and I don't have time to go in it, but you'll remember Joseph said to his brothers when they finally realized who he was, you meant it for evil. Listen, there'll be people that want to mean things for evil in your life. But he said, God meant it for good. Lastly, I want to close with this. Because I love you. Because I love you. You know, as a mother, I gave up so many things. As a mother, I did without. I can remember when we pastored our very first church, we were so proud you would have thought we just got nominated as the president of the United States of America. It was just a tiny little church. It probably was no bigger than from this first row to where that big beam is right there. Yeah, you can all look that way you want to. It's right over there, about the first 10 rows over there. Oh, I was so proud of those rows. I, I prayed over them. I cried over them. That first church, I did everything. I played the piano, did a drum to the side. I had a First time we'd ever use the synth. I'm not lying. I'd hit the synth, let it sustain, play the synth. Yeah. You think Erica's good? I'm way better than Erica. Come on, somebody. And I'm not lying. When I finished leading the worship, I got up, went down the back, and all the parents followed me with their children. And on the back wall, I had a baby bed, three playpens, and I did children's church and nursery at the same time. You said you were such a Christian. No, I was stupid. <laughs> I did it, though, because I loved God. And I'm going to tell you something. I gave up a lot of things. I did with a lot of things and sacrificed a lot of things because as a mother, I loved my children. I loved them dearly. 
but my love could never transform a life. My love could never set the captive free. My love could never raise up something dead and give it life, but Jesus Christ could. This morning, moms, you love your children, but God loves them more. And this morning, God wants you to know how deep, how wide, how vast his love is. The scripture says that he wants us as believers to understand that. Would you stand with me, please? I just want to pray for you before I turn it back over. He says, would you have the power in Ephesians? You need the power to understand. All God's people should understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. This morning you might be in this room and you may not know him as your Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, right where you stand, you can say, Father, I surrender my life. I don't want to live another day without you. Raise me up from the dead. Mother, if you're in this room and you feel overwhelmed and you, you carry the load and, and, and you feel rejected and you have a health issue and you're struggling with your finances like we did, I can tell you that God will change that as you walk with him. Father, I pray over this congregation that today not one mother will leave the way they came in. If they feel devalued or they're not important or their kids have said things that hurt them or their marriage is struggling. I pray that right now in this room, because you're the one, you've anointed me to preach the gospel. I'm anointed so that when I speak, prison doors open. I'm anointed so the, by, the broken hearts can be bound up. I'm anointed so you can set the captive free. I'm anointed that new days happen when we give our lives to you.